we are into the new year, our theme for this year, amen, is the word made flesh. The word made flesh, the word made flesh. And we're taking this um, as a study of Christ, a study of us, a study of his everything pretty much. But more specifically, we're focusing this year on a harvest of souls, um, um, which is why we're doing our prayer on Saturday morning. If you have not been there, for shame. I've got a list, you know. Listen, we got prayer on Saturday mornings. I don't know if y'all know this or not, uh, but we are here every Saturday. Every member is required to be here. Now, what am I going to do if you don't come? Nothing. Read the list. What's that going to do? Nothing. But the Lord was so see fit to add a little fire under your bum. I'd be so grateful. Because you cannot have an influx of souls into the kingdom without prayer. Amen. And the rest of this year, we're doing what? 52 weeks of community service. That's one event every what? Week. So if you don't think you need service in order to endure this year, you have, I mean, prayer, you have lost your mind. It's going to be a long year. And you can't even make it to prayer. It's not looking good. Please know and understand, I will leave you. I believe you. I will continue to grow in the Lord, and you can just stay there because those are the choices you made. Hello? Everybody wants to be grown in Jesus, but nobody wants to do the work. And his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I mean, how hard is it to wake up, go get breakfast, come in, and pray a little bit? A little bit. A little bit. Then you go back and finish the rest of your day for, the, you know, on Saturday, you know? You can't, you can't see? Mm. Mm. All right. So this year we're on the word of God um, made flesh or the word made flesh. Uh, last week we looked at the word made flesh um, as it relates to the knowledge of good and evil. Yes. Um, so we've, we're studying science. <coughs> Let me tell you something. Okay. So you came on a service that I'm embarking upon a very difficult study. And every so often at Renew, I like to just knock their heads off with a very challenging study. No, I'm just kidding. I don't really enjoy that. What I do like to do is show how current events, especially current scientific uh, discoveries, are lining up with what the Word of God has said all along. More specifically, since these are the uh, end days, I like to show how much of scientific discoveries are now speedily happening as we approach the, the, the true latter days. I believe sitting amongst us is possibly the generation um, of the generation that will be raptured. And I plan to prepare my children to make sure that they can give the word of truth and gospel to anyone that might end up being left once they are raptured up. Amen? Amen. That is my goal. That is my plan for a very long time. So last week we looked at the knowledge of good and evil you got your notes from last week, you're gonna need them. So last year we were, I mean last week, last week we we're looking at knowledge of good and evil and the double slit experiment. Um, and then we're gonna look at its implications um, today. We're gonna take where we were yes, uh, last week and we're gonna add to it, okay? We're just gonna add more scriptures to it and a couple more experiments. I did not feel satisfied that I explained the, the latter part of those experiments clearly. And so I wanna go back and redo it um, and then I want to add two more experiments to it, okay? Um, now, the experiments that we're looking at are now pretty much irrefutable by all scientists. No one is arguing against this anymore. While they may not understand why it does what it does or how it does what it does, they keep trying it over and over and over and over again in all types of variations of these experiments, and they're getting the same answers, okay? Does that make sense? So um, last week we looked at Genesis. The Lord God took man and put him in the garden. Is that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. He said, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. We started with that and then looked at the double slit experiment. In the double slit experiment, <clears throat> on last week, this is a good summary of it. Um, scientists for a couple hundred years, a couple centuries have known that if you take a photon <clears throat> or any, any quantum unit of matter, all right, quantum unit, quantum being the smallest 
possible unit of something, the quantum unit, so that would be protons, electrons, neutrons, photons, quarks, all right? If you take any of the smallest possible units of matter and you fire them through a gun, or in this case they're using light, so a photo, a photon, um, that when you fire it to between two things that have a, a wall that has two slits in it, they expected that the back screen would show two columns, right? Where the photons went either to the left hole or the right hole, right? And that was because they recognized that photons um, are particles. So it's like taking a marble and just shooting them through two slits, all right? But what they discovered um, when they checked the detector in the back, the screen in the back, that it didn't have two columns, but rather these particular um, par bits of particles, uh, particles or matter, were all over the back screen. And not just randomly, but in a very specific pattern that is calculable, 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 thank you, um, by, through mathematic equations, all right? And that's the Heisenberg principle. And what it's saying is that when they fired these bits of matter, these photons, rather than getting two straight columns, they have what you call an interference pattern. An interference pattern, as we discussed on last week, is when you have uh, something like a wave, a sound waves, you know. Um, you have waves and the waves are passing through. So think of the ocean and how the, um, the, the, the rise of the wave and then the, the, the crest and then the, trough, then the crest and the trough, then the crest and the trough. All right, so those, those cancel out on the next row. So if you got, if you got tref, croft, clef, trough, then you'll have trough, clef, trough, clef. And where it stacks up, you get darker pigmentation, and where they cancel out, you get lighter pigmentation. I'm just trying to say the same thing you're seeing here in another way in case somebody else gets it that way, okay? Okay, if you already know it, don't worry. You ain't gotta figure this part out. This is just to help other people that learn in another way, okay? So what they got was an interference pattern, which means it's um, kind of like a gradient. It goes dark in the middle and kind of lightens up as it goes down. Um, but what they, shouldn't, they should not have gotten this because these were tiny bits, particles of matter. And so they couldn't understand how these particles of, of matter got in places that they should not have possibly been able to get, like behind the double slit itself behind the wall, not through the hole. How did you get there? Um, but yeah, it got behind the wall, places it shouldn't get, and they didn't understand that. So what they decided to do was run the equation for Heisenberg's principle and recognize that this pattern of how they're lined up is an interference pattern, which is a common equation that shows all possibilities, or statistically, how likely something is to happen. But it graphs out all positions that are available to it and the possibility of that particular thing happening in any and all positions, even positions that would seem to be impossible. Yes? So this tiny bit of matter, they slung it through the slits. Rather than going left, right, left, right, it just said we could be anywhere and had a wave on the back. Yes? So now they're confused. So they run the example again. They put some cameras on and some detectors, which is that little black box I kind of drew right there. All right? Uh, they put some detectors on it to see what's happening, what's going on. And then all of a sudden, those tiny bits of matter began to start showing up in two columns. They put the cameras behind the slits. They put the cameras in front of the slits. They tried to turn them on at the last minute. They tried to turn them on in the beginning. They had so many different variations of this thing. But one thing was certain is no matter what they did, if they tried to observe which path this photon was going to take, it always formed two columns, okay? When they wanted to know the way it was getting ready to go before it hit the screen, it always had two columns. When they turned the cameras off, a wave of possibilities, all possibilities, was against the, against the, uh, the screen. Um, this blew our mind because matter, if I take a marble and I throw it, you, you're gonna land there, you can't land under the chair behind me because I threw it in front of me. And it's just, it's just how we think. Yeah. 
is how we know our well to be. And scientists are so perplexed. This is called quantum mechanics. It's a field of study called quantum mechanics. And quantum mechanics, every scientist will tell you, once you think you understand it, you do not understand it. They don't even know why it works the way it works. But all they can say is, no matter what we test, it just keeps doing this. Amen? Amen. All right, so last week we coupled that double slit experiment with an understanding of measurement. And so now the scientific experiments are showing that our observation of these events um, have a lot to do with whether that particle will be all possibilities or fall into one category or the other. Just mirror our observation, how we're looking at it. So then we, we discovered on Genesis, uh, Satan convinced Eve to measure how close she was with God and being like his image and realized, ooh, this will make me even more like his image. And she took up the tree of knowledge of good and evil and ate, and everything changed after that. Uh, feel free to listen to the podcast and get more in-depth information on that. But let's, let's move on <clears throat> to this week's study. Um, uh, and the, word of, the word made flesh, and today I want to look at the subtopic, thy kingdom come. Amen. Cool. <laughs> you know, when we were opening, the, opening this series, we were opening it with the idea um, that everything is moving so fast. When Christ says um, in his word um, that the end day will come and will come speedily, we've always discussed that that word speedily doesn't mean right away. It means when it starts, it starts to go fast, like a tachometer, right? And so now we're in the generation where things are going very fast. Yeah. Because you would have never thought, some of us above 40 plus, would never have thought that you could hold a device in your hand and talk to someone on a screen without connected to a wire, no matter where you are in real time. None of us would have thought that, and, and it's happened. And you, you can see how far Technology has come so rapidly, all right? Now, technology is important for us to look at because outside of technology and biology, these are the two things to which humans decide how to run their lives apart from God. Yeah, so it's biology and technology. This is how they decide to live apart from God. These are the things that they use. Um, how they define their morals is through philosophy. Right. But ultimately, looking at that and that happening so fast means that mankind is either improving speedily or degrading speedily, because these things, as they develop, are either helping us to be better or making us worse. But they will never just let us stay. Exactly, 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 exactly. I need you to. Um Oh, wait, I got it. Thanks. I got it. I got it. Thanks. Now come update this for me. Okay. Um, so now everything is happening so quick. As we discussed, we've got, now we have atomic energy. Um, you have, maybe you haven't seen this show up on your news feeds yet, but there's atomic energy, and that means that you can take a little bit of vial of, of liquid um, and power your house for your entire lifetime. In essence, making all energy sources pretty much infinitely available to you. There's no shortage of energy, okay? And that's a big deal. Com companies are already building computer, uh, uh, commercial versions of that that you can start putting into your homes. This is important because the study was done a while ago, but now they finally figured out how to make the energy, right, by smashing two atoms together. And the amount of energy it takes to smash them is less than the amount of energy it produced. So now they're on to something, right? Then we got the AI technology, algorithms that continue to learn and learn and learn based off of what we input, what we do, what we do, it keeps learning and learning and learning. All right, then you have your cryptocurrencies, all right, and your digital currencies. All this requires a ton of energy, a massive amount of energy. And so the discovery of this new form of energy, where all you can just do is take atoms, and atoms are everywhere, right? Is, and it's it, it doesn't have the same type of uh, radioact radioactive waste we talked about on Wednesday night. Um, you don't have to worry about where you're going to dispose the batteries, you know, that kind of stuff. It's going to really change. So uh, the World Economic Association is disclosing sometime around, you know, in a couple, the next couple of decades, decades or 10 years, all right? <laughs> the next couple of decades, it's not, we're not going to look anything like the way we look right now. 
And that's just in a matter of decades, all right? So that's why we're studying this. Because now scientists are coming to the conclusion of what your grandmom taught you back when you were a kid, and they're saying, oh look, this is so true scientifically, but we always knew. And how is it that you told us that we was a bunch of quacks when we believed that Jesus could walk on water, while your scientific experiments are showing us that it's not that far-fetched? So now the church is leaving. People are leaving the church, going out there and adopting their ideas, which was originally God's idea that he re revealed to the church. But Satan bamboozled us to think that we weren't smart. We weren't sophisticated. You know, let's put on a business suit. Let's run this church like a business. This is not a business. This is a church. Right? Just because a, a room got a sink in it does not mean it's a bathroom. Right? <clears throat> we may have similar properties, but completely different usage. Hello? Exactly, exactly. So let's look at thy kingdom come. Let's go to um, Matthew. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 should be familiar. Are you guys there? Say amen. amen. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Uh, very interesting little verse there. Jesus is teaching his disciples something very important about prayer. And I got to admit, out of all the things I would think Jesus would tell him to pray or how to pray, he, di he, didn't, he didn't list none of the ones I, 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 I would think. Nor did he list the ones that I do on a regular. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He didn't say, when you pray, you need to pray for your mom, your dad, your sisters, your cousins. You need to pray for your coworker. You need to pray for your dogs. You need to pray for your money. You need to pray for your job. You need to pray for your boss. You know, I would think of that when thou prayest, Prayeth quietly about your loved ones and prayeth that they are well and blessed and highly favored. Like to me, that would seem more like the way we pray. Pray that your life will be better. Pray that thou will be employed and have tithe and offering. Prayeth that your life will be. No, the bulk of this prayer is really in submission and trust under God's kingdom. And has nothing to do with the little physical things that seem to be problematic in our lives. The only thing he says about food is you'll eat. How, when, how many times? I don't, I'm allergic, I'm gluten free, I can't be eating a gluten. You know, it doesn't even go into any of that, he just, You'll eat, his kingdom needs to come, his will needs to be done, and all your insides, okay? Your forgiveness of sins and, and forgiving others, that kind of stuff needs to be worked out. Yeah. But in our mind, especially as African Americans, prayer is a method of getting things from heaven down to earth. Yeah. And we yeah. preach it all the time, don't we? Pull it down! Yeah. You know, <laughs> pull down your blessings. Yeah. People be in church. I'm getting it, I'm getting it, I'm getting it. Because if you don't do it, now you look like the eyeball. <laughs> this can't be right. But apparently prayer is something uniquely different. And I want to look at a couple of experiments that have been proven correct to show you a bit more about prayer in his kingdom. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. amen. Okay. 
Let's look back at our uh, lovely experiments here. Okay. Sorry. Give me just a moment. I promise I'm not going to be long today, so I just got to get ready to draw. But this time, I got clip art. Y'all ain't be cracking on my drawings no more. <clears throat> okay. All right. <clears throat> All right, so this was a setup of the experiment that we looked at at last. Okay, the light being the, the flashlight being the photon. All right, the scissors being where they split the, uh, the, the photons. Okay, let's go back up. Let's back up, make sure Blue is with us. And tank and anybody else that wasn't here on last week. There was a concept that we also learned about protons, neutrons, and electrons is that if you split them in half and make two separate ones, those two separate ones are entangled forever. And whatever you do to one, no matter how far away you put the other one, it automatically responds instantly. Now this is big for scientists because it was theorized that nothing could move faster than the speed of light. An instant is faster than the speed of light. So this has blown some of their things out of the water. But nevertheless, these two now, this one photon now separated with lesser energy, but still connected, are, are no, if I throw it to, if I shoot it over to Switzerland and I, t and I flick this one over here, that one's gonna flick as well. They're always going to be connected. And we discussed this last week is that they are um, conversely connected. So if one spins up, the other one spins down. If one spins left, the other one spins. Right. Just making sure you're with me. Okay? Okay, quantum entanglement. Now this concept of spinning is why we have quantum computers, because they can calculate far more equations with far more spinning possibilities, because you gotta spin left, spin right, spin diagonal, spin up, spin down, versus rather than zero, one, 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 zero, 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 one, 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 zero. So now quantum computers are used. Not only that, but this technology is used in the military, where quantum entanglement, you could send a message through an atom or a photon, right? And it, whatever you change it here, it instantly changes there, and there's no in-between, so no one could come in and tap your line. No one could come in and decode, right? Because it's instant, yes? So the military is, always, is already using that type of technology in order to, share, to send messages instantaneously, which is still faster than the speed of light. All right, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so in the very first experiment, all right, off the top, it's relatively simple, okay? They fire some photons, right? And these photons gotta pick left or right, yes? And as they go through, they hit, and they do an interference pattern, rather than two separate columns. You got it? All right, so that part we have. When they observed it, Yup. Okay, so when they observed it and put, let's say, a, a, a camera. <clears throat> anyway, all right, they put a camera. <laughs> when they put a camera to see which path it went through looking back or which path it went through from the beginning, no matter where they put the camera. No matter where they put the camera, they had the same result, well, a different result. Now it chooses between two columns, okay? It doesn't matter if the column, it doesn't matter if the camera or the, uh, the thing that they're using to observe is here or here, it will always choose and be in two straight columns, yes? Okay, so that was the first experiment. It, it went, it, it, it's very simple and it blows people's minds every time. Okay, because everything about what we're made up of does this. Everything that is around us, tables, floors, does this, okay? And they're already on experiments trying to see if what we see at the micro quantum level is also what we see 
at the macro level. And so far, yes. Okay. So, let's look at some more experiments. Let's look at experiment, I'm going to call it experiment number two. All righty, so let's bring back where we left off last week with that more complex experiment. Okay, so what we left off last week is they had the photons, right? And they took one photon and they split it. All right, but remember, the split, they're still connected, okay? They're still connected. On this, on this, on, on the red one, the red photon picks a slit, right? And this, remember, this was the polarization filter. So this, this filter will tell us which one of these little holes it went through before it hit the screen. So we're trying to figure out the way, observing how it's doing what it's doing. Yes? This space right here, we want to know, did you, did you switch up and decide here, or did you switch up and decide here? Which one did you, where did you switch up and decide? So the polarization filter is saying, we want to know before you get on the detector what you was doing, all right? And it's, it's complex. We talked about it last week. I'm not going to go back over how that works, but just know it's a filter, okay? All right. Yes? Okay, cool. All right. So now the red goes through the filter, right? So what pattern should we see because the red went through the polarization filter? Should we see the random, inter the, the all possibilities, or should we just see the two? Just the two, right. Because anytime we observe what it's doing before it's finished, it's going to be two columns. Okay, I think now y'all are really getting it. I'm seeing more heads go, ah, okay. Now, remember, we still got his cousin over here, okay? He's over here, mm, come back. All right, so he split. He's not gonna, we're not gonna put him on a filter. In the, ex in the study, they didn't put him through a filter. They just let him, and they even put him through a double slit. There's no double slit over here. So what should he be? Right, a wave, an interference pattern. Of all possibilities, right? Because that's what we, that's what we should get because we're not observing him, are we? We're not measuring him like this. We're not even splitting him. We're just saying straight up. No interference. But that's not what happened, is it? What happened? Huh, he did two columns, exactly. What in the world? This ninja did two columns. Why? Because, it's because those two are connected, exactly, all right? So he just abandoned what he was supposed to do and was like, bet, say less, all right? They observing you, they observing us, you know? <laughs> Hands down, right? Ten toes, all right, no. So, <clears throat> so they had two columns and it was, now, this is the thing. <clears throat> On one experiment, the blue, realistically made it to its screen before the red. They had the screen at a shorter distance on blue than the red. And it still had an interference pattern. I mean, it still had the two columns. It, it still had the two columns. The blue dot, the blue photon, hit his target first, but he was two columns. He was two columns because why? He's related, because that's his, that's his sister, brother, right? That's his folk. So he's, he's two columns because he's two columns, but he got to his space first. Later, he came to his space. What? See, it makes sense to me if Red goes ahead and does what he do, right? Oh, they, they checking you? You're you going you gonna to pick one left or right? Bet, me too, left or right. Instantly, boom, left or right, in sync, left or right. That's not what happened. The blue hit the target first, but the blue knew what the red was going to do before the red did it. 
can't make this stuff up. This is a real science. People spend trillions of dollars on this, right? Trillions of dollars for this type of scientific advancement. Now, remember, this little device back here from, from last week was our coincidence counter. So when they hit their screens, it would take a signal to say, we're done, and we're done to make sure. So now, we, we only know what happened on these screens when this coincidence counter tells us. Okay, this is, this is, this is experiment number three. Okay, we only know now we're gonna say, okay, let's figure this out. Try to outsmart these lights, okay. We gonna, we're not gonna even observe you right here. Mm -mm. We're gonna observe you way over here, all right? And we're gonna, we're gonna turn this off. Right? We're gonna turn that off. So now we don't know which way it went through. We don't know, question mark, because we turned this off. Yeah. They didn't even move it out the way. We're not gonna touch this, man. We're just gonna turn it off. So when they turned it off, what should we see? An interference pattern, exactly. All in here. But, <clears throat> okay. That was going good until the coincidence counter showed up. So now, the coincidence counter is going to test and say, yes, I, I log that, you are now in um, an interference pattern. So the blue should also be what? An interference pattern, and he was. He was in an interference pattern before the red was in an interference pattern. So that's all checking out to be pretty good, yes? Okay. Then they tried this. This is experiment number, whatever the number is. Four, three, two, one. Mm -hmm. All right, then they said, fine. We will move. <laughs> they said, fine. We'll put the double slits after the filter. So now we're gonna observe before it hits the slits, right? And we're gonna move this up a shorter distance than B, than the blue, okay? That's the next experiment. So now on this experiment, they're going to move uh, they shorten the track of A, I mean of red, um, and that will hit their detector after the blue hits its detector. Okay, you ready to see it in action, I guess, because y'all look lost. Okay, so boom, photons, boom, split. Blue, got a long way to go. Meanwhile, red, boom. We're analyzing this, yes? We're, we're counting this, so what is it gonna be? Two splits, right? Those, yes? Of the, because of the polarization filter, right? Okay, so red made it, check, done. Denoted, you, got, you hit your screen. Blue is so far, and it could be on the other side of the galaxy. Uh -huh. It's so far, so he turns around. Now again, blue should be an interference pattern because no one is observing him, right? But he's not. What is he now? Two slit, two columns of photons, and check. All right, coincidence counter tells us, yep, no matter what you do, somehow they know what the other one is doing if the other one is about to be observed. Each photon knows if the other one is about to be observed before it's observed. They was like, fine, this is what we're gonna do, bump it. We'll leave the filter there, but we'll turn it off. No, we'll leave the filter on. They had a variation of the same one. They left the filter on, but they turned off the coincidence counter, which means without the counter, we don't know what happened, right? We don't know what happened. And exactly, everybody was in an interference pattern, again. I didn't even, even ask y'all the question. But now that we turned off any way to know what happened, 
everybody is back to an interference pattern. A is back to an interference pattern, even though, look at this, this polarization filter was used without the, coinc the coincidence counter, we don't know that data. So it still went through here to be measured, but it's not coming to us, and it's still an interference pattern. Okay, do you understand what I'm trying to show you? They're showing you it's not the measurement. It's you. It knows if you want information, not the detector. See, I thought it was, you know, you got stuff in the middle so it knows it's about to be measured. Right. We don't care nothing about what you put over there to measure us. We just know you want a measurement. So in this example, in this experiment, they literally turned off the coincidence counter, left something to measure to find out which way, but would not allow themselves to get any data from it, and an interference pattern still showed up. <sighs> this is the world you live in right now. Look at that. This is the world you're living in. It's a bunch of gobbledygook. You don't even know. You don't even know. Right? This, that, does that not blow your mind? Blows my mind. Because now they're scientifically proven that consciousness of humans is a necessity for time and space. Uh -oh. oh. All right. Space time, right, is that fourth dimension for us, length, width, height, and then space-time is a, is a fourth dimension that we talked about years ago. Yes? All right. Because you need space and time or one that you can't, you can't really separate them unless you're doing it mathematically. That's not the point. Okay? But space-time. So now, the, scientific, the scientists are proving that a human's awareness or desire for a certain observation is what is needed for that observation to show up. You can have computers measuring it, right? You can have polarization filters there. This knows, but we don't know, and they don't care. They don't care if you went left, right, up, down, does not matter. Did my human say they needed to see something? No, well, we ain't, we ain't nothing yet. Is this not crazy? Minister Hudson, you were studying this in advance. Am I telling the truth? Taylor, you were studying in advance? Yeah, yeah. Because we said last year this is what we're going to be looking at. So some people jumped ahead, which is great. So I don't feel like an idiot by myself. All right. All right. Did you take that in? Let's add some more. You ready? Okay, so one scientist had a mind experiment that ran in a certain direction um, that we're going to look at. So sometimes what scientists do, physicists and quantum physicists, they take, um, they take mind experiments from mathematical equations. So if this equation is this equals this, then here's an experiment mentally that will prove that. They create it in their head, right? All right, they can write it down, it doesn't matter. But unfortunately, when he had this mind experiment, there was no technology to do it. But now there is. And they did this man's mind experiment. Now, it's similar to this. All right, this is the experiment that they have now proven. It started as a mind experiment. Okay, so it involves outer space, right? So they're saying, if this is true, that the observer matters, right? Then what we should see when we're looking out at the stars, it takes that light, so many light years, to reach us. That's where that phrase comes from. Because you don't have anything else to tell time, right? So it takes so many light years, years for that light to get to us. So the star you see here, <clears throat> this star that you're looking at right here, by the time <clears throat> you see it, right? By the time you see this light, thousands or hundreds of thousands of years, depending on this distance, have passed. Okay? Okay. So 
let's say, <laughs> I'm just gonna be a little, little crass to keep us awake. Let's say somebody, um, let's say somebody passed gas and everybody was like, ew. All right, so everybody was doing this, but I can't draw that, so just ew. All right, and you was, you was just so happy to be looking out there to see what was going on. And they said, ooh, by the time that got to you, it was thousands of years. And you was like, oh, they over there farting, all right? But, but you didn't, <laughs> but by the time you got it, that thing was gone, okay? <laughs> it was no longer there, all right? Just, just a little humor, okay? So you said, ooh, by the time you know this event, thousands of years have passed. They done moved on to another event, okay? That's, that's, how, that's the speed of light, okay? All right, we know everything around us because of the speed of light, yes? How it enters our eye, how much time it takes, and it's a constant um, here in this space time. So thousands of years, boom. Okay. However, if we have a galaxy in our way, according to Newton, this galaxy is going to warp because of its mass, time and space. Either because of its mass or because of gravity, whichever one you, you, whichever theory you hold to. Some people hold the theory that gravity doesn't exist. It's just mass and density. Others hold that there is gravity. It's all same, same to me in my mind. Okay, but because, no matter what, because of gravity or density or mass of this galaxy, all of time and space is warped. Okay, that's like if, if you're real heavy and you sit on a tent, what's gonna happen? Okay, if, if, so, if, if your little cat is sitting on the other end, what's gonna happen to the cat? If you sit down on the tent here, huh, what's the cat gonna do? Let's, let's say you just gently lower yourself. You gently lower yourself. Where's the cat going, what's gonna happen to the cat? He's gonna do what? Slide where? Into you, right? Because that's density. So they're saying that the space around us, this time and space, is like a real dimension, like length, width, and height. And so if there's something with a big mass, then it begins to pull that thing to it. Now this is a true scientific experiment because if you took two very heavy, heavy metal, metal plates and you put them a hundred, a hundredth, a hundredth the distance of an atom, I mean, I can't even do it that close. But you just put them really, really close. In a vacuum, they're gonna smash together with spontaneously, right? There's something about force that is happening that's always pulling based off of density and mass, okay? So this galaxy is now going to shift time and space. If you're pulling time and space, like my big butt on the doggone parachute and the cat, I don't know, I don't know why it's a tent, it's whatever, the tarp. Okay, I'm on the tarp and I'm sitting in the middle. Everything you put on the end is gonna roll right down to me, all right? Similar to like, get out, get up, you, 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 you're too close. Now I'm falling into your hole because you're so big and I'm so small and I keep rolling into your side. Let's go over to the edge. We're gonna keep rolling back every time. Now, now you stuck together. Now you're coming into prayer because you shouldn't been in the bed in the first place. Now if you're praying, Thomas and Pastor, it was gravity. No, it was not. It was not gravity. It was not. I'm just trying to make sure y'all awake. All right. So this means when we want to look at this light, it can't just go straight through this galaxy. It has to either go above it or below it. Above it or below it. Right? Hello? Now, if we wanted to observe, did it go above? Or below, remember this is light, little photons, right? Do you remember? So now we've got a double slit, which is the galaxy. And we're trying to know, did, you go, did that light go above the galaxy or below the galaxy? Since there's no up or down, did it go to the left or to the right? How did you get around the galaxy? Because that's gonna adjust the time that it takes you to get to me. So it's gonna take even longer, is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So when, quasar, this is a, when the quasar light is emitted, all right, billions, huh? 
I did okay? Okay. Billions of light years before it actually reaches our eyes. All right? It has to go around the galaxy in the way that we observe it today. So now, scientists say, well, let's play a game. Let's figure out if that light is going to go above or beyond. So now we want to observe it. Put our little double slits in there. Uh, right? We're about to observe this light. Huh? So what does this mean? Hmm? It's going to go straight through, and it's going to be what? Is it going to be two columns or interference pattern? Remember, this, this is the screen. Let's put this, let's put this, let's, let's do this. I'm sorry, I might have confused you. Okay, I, I didn't mean to say observed. I mean, we want to know which one. Okay, so let's say this is a double slit. The, the, the galaxy is a double slit. You have a screen. Okay, you have a screen similar to the other experiment. And you want to know, did it go left or right? So what kind of, what type of pattern are you going to see? An interference pattern. You're just looking. You didn't, you didn't measure anything. You didn't, just, you didn't want to look over here. You didn't want to look before the, detect, before the actual screen. You're just going to let it hit the screen. And you're going to have an interference pattern. Why is that significant? Well, I'm not going to make you give me a whole paragraph on that. I'll just tell you. <laughs> it's significant because if that's the case, until you decide to measure this light at some point, unless you decide to measure this light with your double slits, so now the galaxy, unless you decide to figure out where it actually happened. So did the light go, and because we didn't measure anything, we just let it hit the screen, we get an interference pattern, yes? But if we wanted to observe, let's say we put a satellite out here, and we wanted to observe, and we put one over here, Right? Which side did it take? What are we going to get? Two columns. Exactly. So if we don't figure out before it comes to us which way it's taking, right? We don't try to figure that out. We don't put a satellite out there. And now we're the confidence count, the co co uh, co coincidence counter, right? And we don't try to figure that out. We just let it run. We got an interference pattern. Yes? If we try to figure it out before it actually gets to us, yes, the which way it went, we're going to get two columns. What does that suggest? That our observation, keep going. It matters. But watch. If without any measurement, this is possibilities, then this does not happen until we try to measure it. Remember, this happened a billion years ago, but it was a wall of possibilities, right? Until we tried to figure out which way it was going to go, and then it was two. I could do it again. I'm going to try to do it again with more clear words and lines. Okay. More lines. When in doubt, put more lines on it. Okay. Okay. If we don't have, sorry y'all, okay, I'm getting it, I'm getting it, I'm getting it. If we don't have the satellites trying to tell us in advance, before the light comes to us, right? Did it go above or below the galaxy? What type of pattern do we have? An interference pattern. Okay, now, if we have satellites, trying to tell us what it did before it comes to us, then what do we have? Two lines, two columns. Very good, very good. Boom and boom. Okay, so when the satellites were off, no event was solidified because all events are possible. It wasn't until you decided to observe it that that event actually solidify. This, uh, this is not a metaphor. This is actually how your physical world works. Okay? How you feeling about that? This means whatever this, Pat, when he farted over here on his quasar, all right, 
if you if you didn't try to figure it out, it didn't happen. He's still in the clear. But as soon as you try to figure out where this light was going before it came to you, that man put it in that whole auditorium. That's what happened. Because you, you had to measure it. See, if you didn't try to measure it, he would have got away with it. He wouldn't even done it. He would have got away with it. But here you go, a billion years later, trying to look back at this quasar, going, now that man done tooted. He done tooted doggone and that's. <sighs> Take a deep breath. <sighs> How you feeling? This is some crazy mess, ain't it? This is the world you live in. This is scientifically proven. Like a lot. A whole lot. Right? Go to Matthew 16. Uh, verse 13. So quasar light is emitted billions of years, light years before it reaches our eyes. The path that the light is on takes has to go around the galaxy. So you're not really observing it the day that it happened. Right? Because it's not instant. But unless you're trying to measure it, it never happened. It never solidified. In other words, the past isn't something that has already irrevocably occurred. Rather, long ago events depend on the present observer. This is, this is, this is a quote from a quantum uh, physicist. The Quasar experiment says, in other words, the past isn't something that has already irre irrevocably occurred. Rather, long ago events depend on present observer. Long ago events depend on present observer. If we're not doing this, it did not happen yet, all right? So in now we're recognizing, and scientists have many more experiments on this besides this one about time, okay? But you remember when last week I said, uh, there's a concept of time where it's not causal, right? But when you drop the pencil, you just, your brain is just coming up with an algorithm of how each one of those scenes, based statistically, from the interference pattern, which is more likely. Yeah. It's more likely that if you drop the pen from here, it's going to fall here. It could fall here, all right? Should not fall over there. But that is an option, yes? Because of the interference pattern, right? But your brain, what they're trying to say is your brain just picks the highest statistic of where it could land. And your brain calculates that algorithm, and that's where it went when you decided to watch it fall. So if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? If a tree, if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? If a tree falls in the forest by itself, does it make a sound? No, not unless somebody is there to listen to it. Same thing, right? Right? Okay, so in other words, the past isn't something that has already happened, but it is an event based off of the present observer. So when the Lord says he was slain, when the Bible says Christ was slain from the foundations of the earth, the current day affected the past. When you accept Christ, your current salvation erases all your past sins. Blots them out. Your current present observation, based off of you observe that you have been forgiven, that your sins are forgiven, if you observe that, you know what, I can see how, what was the way that my sins were forgiven. Jesus is the way that my sins were forgiven. So if that is the way, then now all of my sins are erased. And that apparently is a possibility. Through only one way. How you feeling? Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's only one way, and that's Christ. So when you accept the Father by faith, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ by faith, not based off of what you see, which we're going to have to get into later, all right? You accept that by faith, not based off of what you see around you. Now you're observing it through Christ. And if you're observing it, your sins through Christ as the only way, and he says there are no sins there, then there are no sins there. Because God speaks those things that be not as though they were. Come on, man. Y'all getting it? Yeah. 
Okay, okay, okay. Now let's look at something else cool about the kingdom in prayer. All right, you, you at Matthew 16? Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. So he's seeing something that is not tangibly received. But the father has shown him something that is not here, right? Has revealed it to him. And I tell you, Peter, and I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Look at verse 19. I will give you keys to the kingdom of heaven whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven these are the keys to the kingdom i will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It's based off of what you observe through Christ as his church. That's why the end of Revelation says, and the bride and the, the, the groomsmen and, and the bride say, and the spirit and the bride say, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. He includes the bride, the church, in observing that now is the time. So I'm saying it's happened speedily as a representative of the body of Christ. Come, Lord Jesus, come. It's happening speedily. Okay. All right, that'll do. Okay. So whatsoever you bind on earth, we bound have whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Don't tell them that yet. Mm-mm. 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 Let's go a little further because Jesus says it again in the same book, Matthew 18. So in Matthew 16, Jesus is saying, who, do you, who is everybody saying that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of God. Jesus says, you didn't get that from what you see here. You didn't get that from seeing me do miracles. You didn't get that from here. You got that from my father in heaven, right? And he says, on that, the fact that you got it from heaven, I'm going to build my church. The fact that you got that I am the Christ from heaven is the rock that I'm going to build my church. The fact that you got it from someplace that is not observable, all right? On that truth through my son, I'm going to build my church. So now church, I give you keys to the kingdom. Whatever you're measuring here is what we will say here. And whatever we say here, is what you will say and measure here. It was never supposed to be detached. It was always supposed to be in unison with the Father. Did you guys go to, the, to the Matthew 18? Verse 15. If your brother sins against you, let's watch this again. Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Hey, I don't like that you did that. But if he does not listen, uh-uh. Take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. So he's saying, if somebody makes, uh, sins against you, you try to tell them, hey, man, you just took my piece of cake, right? This ain't your cake. You can't prove that it's your cake. Bye. So you go get two witnesses. They say, nah, man, I saw you take that cake. Man, whatever, y'all just friends, whatever. Another dude come up, no, for real. We saw you take that cake. He's like, bump y'all. I know I ain't take that cake. This man is holding on to this lie so long, right? He says, and if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. The church is now the ones, as, 
as those who are in the way of Christ, observing things the way God wants us to observe them, how he wants us to observe them, to see and to measure what he wants us to see and measure. So you bring it to the church. And now the church has the ability to see what no one else can see. Right? Because now it's their word against your word. Right? The church can say, without seeing anything, you took that man's cake. Because the church has the ability to know before. As the spirit of God within the church shows and reveals. So this is how we have word of knowledge of stuff that y'all be doing that I don't be knowing you're doing. You be like, oh my God, pastor was at my house. She was preaching on me yesterday because I didn't even tell her that I was doing that. Because we have the ability to see before. That's the church responsibility. And our church is heavy in that. Heavy in that gift, right? Because now he says, bring it to the church because the church now, the ones that can see, that are connected to observing as the bride, exactly what the bridegroom wants her to observe, right? Wants her to watch. That's what she's doing. Bring it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. That means he's not with y'all. You out. You can't be kicking people out of church. Yes, I can. You're out. Truly, I say to you, here it is again. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two or three. If two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. He's using the church as a judge of deception when the whole world tries to convince you of lies. The church is supposed to be the ones to be able to see the deception, right? To be able to know what's going on. Not like y'all as an individual. Collectively, <laughs> right? Collectively. So when someone sins, we say, oh, you, you, we know you did it. The church says, you, you ate that man's cake. No, I didn't. Bye. Don't call yourself a Christian. You're not. And the thing is, he's going to be like, I know I didn't eat that cake. That ain't even right. Because if he shows out, then it puts doubt in somebody else's heart. Right? And that tears it up. You see what I'm saying? Maybe they did get it wrong. That don't make no sense. So that's how people end up with church hurts because he was saying he didn't do it and they wouldn't listen. Is that really what happened? Or is that what you saw? Did you see what was happening that you didn't see? Did you see behind the scenes? Because the scientists are proving that there has to be, where's my quote on that? This is the quote. What it really means is that there is an underlying reality that connects all the universe's contents. In this place, no separations exist between anything and anything else. Yet this realm creates events that materialize in space-time in the observable physical cosmos. To rephrase, in classical physics, you cannot have instantaneous connections between objects, not in the universe in which we've always imagined ourselves to be. But now they're realizing you can. So in order for these two things to instantly be affected, one of the theories is that there is a realm connected to ours, connected to the physical realm, where that is done. And they show up instantly. It's like bloop, 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 you know? That's where it's done. And so Jesus is trying to explain, as the church, when you hear this and you make a decision, what you bind on earth is bound in heaven. If he's a Gentile, you, you, see, it? you see it? He's a Gentile. That's it. Until the church says, he's not. That's the power of when you are unsure that someone can say, no, I know your heart. You really do love God. Now, bear in mind, you were just practically cussing him out and complaining the other day. Right? But someone is observing not the sin that you did. Oh, come on now. Not the physical sin that you did. Someone is, is observing something that you cannot see, that the Father has done. The possibility that Christ died for your sins also. Oh, yeah. 
Because it's here that salvation is confirmed in time and space. We can't judge your hearts, but if we need to know on this earth, it's at the church. It's not your personal opinion. It's not whether you like somebody or not. It's the spirit tries the spirit, and it has nothing to do with physical sins. Hello? Has no, do you hear what I'm telling you? It has nothing to do with physical sins. The church leaders are supposed to be able to look and say, mm, nah, I don't know, let's, let's give them another chance. Nah, nah, let's, uh -uh, let's try something else. Something's got to work. No, 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 we're not giving up. Why would you not give up? Because everything else you see says that this person clearly does not love the Lord. They won't stop no matter what you do. But you keep saying as the church leaders that no, I see that God wants to use this man. No, I see that God wants to use this woman and I'm not backing down. I see it. That's what I'm observing. I'm looking for the way that Christ is going to use my brother and sister. And then he says, so whatsoever you bind on earth, it is bound in heaven. Now the effect here becomes the cause there. That's the key to the kingdom. That's why I believe the Lord has let you see so many miracles through this house, through my mouth, and through the words that I say. Is that you'll understand kingdom and authority. It's probably why you got your butts beat on last Wednesday. Because there's authority. Yes? Amen. 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 Come on and bless the name of the Lord. Woo. Standing all over the house. 